0: welcome back to another episode of the 100k freelancer club podcast today me and i are going to be talking about the red flags when it comes to looking for a client so when you're looking for a client or you're about to accept the client like what should you be looking for in that client like what should make you reject that client if they have these red flags because not every client is a good client and there's going to be clients out there that cost you more money than they make you it might be hard to believe but people you know as a as a small business owner as a freelancer it's not all about the revenue you know there's gross profit there's losses which we've covered before so clients can actually cost you more money than they you so you shouldn't always just jump on to the first client you see but that is what we're going to be discussing in today's podcast and i'm going to jump straight in and get nice and uh, get nice and heated and what's your number one red flag now for you're looking for a client you think yeah right son move on looking for the next one
1: this is like you know that game um family fortunes or what's no, sorry, yeah. the TV show called QI, where you give an answer and then it's like the most popular answer and then the alarm goes off. Ah, uh, like, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like that. I have a feeling. Um,
0: I, will, I should have I, prepared that, but uh, unfortunately <laughs> I did not.
1: <laughs> First thing I'm going to say is me and you will have different red flags. Some of them will be the same. Some of them will be different. Much like we say every time we do a podcast, this is kind of common things it might not be exclusive to you so now we've got that out there the first red flag for me is it would be great for exposure it would be brilliant for oh, you for exposure yeah that is my number one red flag i don't want exposure i just want you to pay me for the job that i've done
0: and i don't think that's
1: too much to ask and maybe that's me sounding a little bit blunt or forthright but i just think it's the i think it's fair all too often you see companies who are more than capable of shelling out a very small fee, a modest fee a lot of the time for people who are starting out will use the word exposure or experience as a means to engage you in free labor. My red flag is that I would say, do not fall for it. Nine times out of 10, it is a one way bargain. And that suits the client rather than you, the freelancer. That is my experience, personally. I don't know whether you have similar experiences, but it does wind me up. Now, I understand that some freelancers, for instance, Instagram influencers or social media influencers, do use this technique. They will message businesses and say, in exchange for free products, in exchange for a night at your hotel, in exchange for a meal for two at your restaurant, I'll do a free Instagram post for you. Now, that is not... symbiotic relationship to me which enables two to balance and work off of each other some people will say yes and agree to these things some people will say no for me it's always a no I don't need your exposure what I want is to be paid for the job that I've done that isn't too much to ask so I find that um, my major red flag when an organisation, a client, a company, a business, whatever it might be, who look to take you on, say, uh, we can't pay you, but it will be great for your portfolio. They yeah. want free labour. They want cheap labour. If they want cheap labour, do it yourself, because I'm not going to do it. That's exactly. my personal opinion. What I, about you? No, I I think for
0: me, I'm going to agree with you on that one, is the yeah, looking, if they say, you know, do this, and we'll give you exposure, or, you know, you get paid and exposure, it, it really does depend on the freelancer as well. Like, I don't think there's actually that many fields where you benefit from exposure.
1: How many bills have you paid through exposure?
0: (laughs) Literally none.
1: How much food have you put on the table through exposure? Exposure isn't a currency. And some people might be thinking, oh yeah, exposure leads to better gigs. There's no guarantee of that. There's absolutely no guarantee of that. What there is a guarantee of, if you get paid for the work you do, you then have a tangible asset in terms of cash or a fee or an agreement or a contract or whatever it might be that you enter into with the client that is something tangible that's something you can use to benefit your business to buy something you need to pay your bills to pay your rent you cannot pay bills rent put food on the table in exposure it just doesn't exist so that is i mean you can probably tell by how sort of exasperated i am i see this (laughs) far too often and it's normally young people students or first time freelancers who are just starting out on their journeys, they're the ones that are kind of targeted. And I don't want to say sucked in because I don't think that's fair on the freelancers to describe them as that, but they're targeted by a lot of people for free labor. And like I say, you cannot pay your bills in exposure. So my big red flag is know your worth in terms of what your value is if you're prepared to do it for nothing for the exposure then that is absolutely okay that's your decision but don't feel like you have to do that in order to be successful, you don't.
0: I think you also need to like, what are you gonna get from this exposure? If there's a specific (laughs) goal that you're reaching to, or this person knows somebody else that you wanna get in touch with, or you're gonna get your foot in the door in this company, then fair enough if you have like a challenge, or if you've got nothing on your portfolio and you're starting out and you, you know that this project will be great for your portfolio because of this, and then you can go and target that client then yeah that's awesome but, but it, uh, it's a,
1: it's a catch-22 don't you think Jacob because it's a case of if for instance an Instagram account follows you and it's got 15 million followers on Instagram and they say we want you to do this for us and in exchange we'll post your um we'll post your work on our Instagram or our social pages and you'll get 15 million followers worth of exposure in Brilliant.
0: that case, no, I'm going to go against you. In, that, again, case, if, in that case, 15 million, yeah, you, I, I you would, be, that, because the yeah, return on know. investment is probably likely going to be high, because even if 0.0001% 0. Exactly. 0. of the people hire exactly. you.
1: I agree. But let me come back at you again with <laughs> a, an account with 15 million Instagram followers. Surely they can afford to pay you as well. Uh, yeah. Why are, they, exactly. why are they asking for free labor? It's... They're an account of a of a of a massive size. They should have enough money behind them to be able to pay their freelancers accordingly. So I definitely think that there is, there is sort of like say the catch twenty two of. You're totally right, and I would probably do the same. I mean, fifteen million is a is a lot of eyes to be seeing your work, and even if, you know one percent of that is turned it or half a percent is turned into clients, and the ROI, therefore, is is worth it. But yeah also at the same time don't be taken for a fool by the size of a of a business the bigger businesses can afford to pay you and you should never forget that
0: no 100 percent. and in my experience with working with clients and businesses and individuals it's always the people that pay the most that go on to have the most successful businesses so the people that are willing to invest in the people and pay to get things done right, they always grow. And if you're working in, especially small companies, if you're the type of person like me that likes to work on like you know, you know startups, like exciting projects, <clears throat> something where you can have like a real impact, rather than going into like a huge corporation and and just doing like a tiny thing, um, then if they're not willing to invest in the people and get things done right, it's it sort of sprinkles onto every aspect of their business. Like if they if they cheap out on labor, they cheap out on everything. And, and that's a massive red flag for me. It's like, I think my number one red flag is look at the client. Okay, if they're on a platform, like if you're finding the, um, the client on a platform like Upwork or freelancer.com, you can actually look at how much they've paid somebody in the past or their past projects. One red a bigger red flag for me is that they've never paid anybody. So it's a brand new client to upwork. They've never paid anybody. They're a startup or they're an individual. They're not gonna want to pay much. They're not used to hiring people. They're not used to working. Like that is just going to waste your time completely. And I would highly advise against going for that unless, you know, you can apply for the job and speak to the people and you know scope out a bit better for yourself. But that's the red flag. But going over like the overall red flag look at the business like what do they spend on like if they cheap out on marketing they cheap out on product production they cheap out on everything they're going to cheap out on you every every moment that they get every chance or opportunity that they get to pay you a little bit less they will for example if you've got a 40 hour week contract or maybe if you're working freelance you might have a couple of clients so let's just say you've got a 20 hour work week contract with them you have to put in 20 hours of work a week to fulfill your contract with these guys these these type of people I've just described here they're going to be chasing you every week they want to you know a full countdown of every 20 hours you did and they'll be like oh well that should have taken you half an hour less than it did I don't think we should be paying for that and they'll try and scrape you out of a couple of hours every week and in the end that's going to like damage your overall hourly rate because you might have worked 20 hours but they're going to pay you 16 for it so I think those clients that don't take care or the the clients that cheap out on everything i would just try and avoid 100 percent of the time because they're going to cheap out on you i don't know if you found the same thing working with like you know bigger clients as well that you can see that they cheap out on most aspects of their business and then they're always scrounging for you like oh can you just do this for us or that for us and they're not expecting to actually pay you for it or pay you like big money for it
1: Yeah, I think there's an element of that and I want to be careful that we don't descend into just talking about our bugbears about freelancing and actually kind of focus on the red flag things. For me, some of the clients I work with have shown loyalty to me and therefore I think it's a two-way thing. I'm happy to show loyalty to them in certain respects. So there has been times where I've been paid to do a project and, you know, like what I do, I work in broadcasting. I do presenting. um, I do football commentating, all sorts of reporting, all sorts of different stuff when it comes to sort of the media side of football in particular. And there have been times where I've been lined up to do a certain job, which I've fulfilled, which I have agreed a fee on and that I will be paid for. But there's also been times where because I've been in the building on the same day and something else has happened, they said, oh, you couldn't just pop over to this building and speak to this person on camera for us, could you? (laughs) And There have been times where I've done that and I've done that sort of out of goodwill and loyalty to the client. So in terms of like what you say, cheaping out, I think that there there's a difference there between showing loyalty to a client um, because it's not something I do regularly. I must say it's not something I do often. and It's not something that clients ask me to do often. Or would you mind doing this whilst you're here? Um, Now, I probably could invoice for that. But I decide not to because I think I have a good relationship with the clients that I currently work with. And I feel like it's, uh, it's a case of they expect that flexibility from me. So I expect that from them in return. And I think that that's the kind of mutual understanding that I have with the majority of my clients. In fact, all of my clients um, should understand that. And if they don't, then maybe that is a red flag. And I think that, you know, that kind of leads me on to another red flag is, you know, the business you're working for needs to understand that you are a human being. And a lot of the time, people who are freelancers, much like myself, are sole traders or they oversee, you know, a very small team. And they're at kind of the the top of the tree and and they have people working for them, as I'm sure you've got experience in. And it's a case of, you know, people are real human beings. So like you say, when you get a client that say, where's this? You said it would be done um, on time and it hasn't been done on time. I think, you know not having that clear communication with the client is probably a red flag as well so i i think that clients probably have red flags for freelancers and uh punctuality and working to deadlines no doubt will be something for them but i think from a freelancer's perspective i think you need to um look out for a red flag in, in potentially a client not quite being as understanding in terms of the fact that. We are human beings. Now, freelancers are going to make mistakes. And a lot of the time, especially in the creative industries, trying to withdraw or extract what idea someone has in their head. For instance, if you're a graphic designer or you know a web designer, like what you've got experience in, a client says, I want my website to look like this. um, You can't dive inside their head and figure out exactly what their thought process is in terms of what they want it to look like now you can have conversations and have a decent idea when it comes down to the the business of doing it but I think that clients should be aware of the fact that particularly in the creative freelance industries it's really difficult sometimes to kind of nail down that final idea so often you do get a lot of um, we'll go back and we'll do um, a second draft of it a third draft fourth draft and we'll keep working on it until we get it right I think that a red flag would be a client that doesn't understand that that is part of the working process sometimes of working with freelancers, um, that would be something I would I would look out for. So, yeah, I mean, I guess jumping kind of, onto your thing there yeah, about
0: understanding is also a, a red flag for me. Is when if you're to, if you're talking to a client and you know you're in in the, in the in the negotiation process, when they ask you about the work, if they focus on how you're going to do it and really try and control the way you do the work instead of the result that's kind of a red flag for me as well because it's kind of like they want to hold like if you're a graphic designer they literally want to hold the pen in your hand and draw the logo like for you they're not giving you that creative freedom or space to go away and actually produce work. If you've got someone breathing down your neck the whole time and saying, do it like this, do it like this, do it like this, when in reality, nothing matters, unless you're working on a development project and the code has to be to a certain standard and work with the other developers, this, that, and the other. But in most other fields, it's all about the result. And if you can produce a good result, in a normal manner, but it's it's slightly different, it doesn't matter. Like The client shouldn't be focused on that. And I think if you're in that negotiation stage and they're really focused on how um, you're going to do it and like the process and you've explained what you're gonna do and they try to alter that to something that you're not comfortable with, that's a huge red flag for me because they're just gonna be too controlling over the project and it's gonna cause you too much stress and this is when a lot of projects like bleed into overtime so for example like if you're doing like a small logo design project you might end up doing like 45 revisions because they're just going to be breathing down your neck the whole time trying to basically draw through your hand whereas they're yeah. not asking for your experience your skill set and your mind
1: It comes back to that two-way communication thing and trust. You need to trust your clients. Like I say, I have a level of loyalty to some of the clients that I work with and they show the same back or I like to think that they do. And I think that's important with what you're saying as well. You know, if you don't have that communication and that level of trust with the client that you're working with, and that takes time, by the way, you do build relationships over time, particularly longer term clients. um, As I found in my industry that that tends to be more of the case. But like you say, if you don't have that communication, it's going to end up a completely um, overpowering relationship where that person or that client or that company or business is is going to try and, well, you you summed it up perfectly, try and draw using... Using your hand, you know, yeah. <laughs> <It's kind> of, <laughs> if they're not happy with the skills that you can provide, then maybe that is a, a total red flag. So, yeah, I'm with you on that one. And I think that it happens a lot. But I think a lot of that is kind of born out of the passion that people have for their businesses. And, you know, a lot of people do have those traits, particularly when they start out, because they have a clear idea in their mind, a burning picture, and they want it to be so perfect. And you know, there's a level of people being perfectionists about it, and, and I can appreciate that. Um, but at the same time, I do think you need to be careful that you don't cross over into that territory, because if that is the case, then no doubt many freelancers will be seeing that as a red flag, like you say.
0: No, 100%. And I think another thing that this kind of bleeds into is probably one of my last red flags is that on like, go back to like an understanding side, if they have a bad reputation with their customers, so if you go on their Trustpilot or, you know, Google reviews or anything like that and their customers are just slating them, they probably have the same issues internally. Like as that company ethos, like the way they operate, you know they treat their customers almost probably the same way as they treat their staff if there's you know a ton of complaints about poor services that and the other don't expect to be treated as a good freelancer as like you know a a really healthy working relationship when they can't even have a decent relationship with the guys paying them not the ones they're paying i mean you don't
1: want to be micromanaged i mean like i've said many a time on this show um i have experience in both being employed and being self-employed um a lot of the time at the same time and uh being micromanaged is something that is uh, a notion that many people experience even who aren't freelancers um and it's not nice you know to be micromanaged and you know every little detail being picked up on it's um And it's It's so incredibly
0: inefficient as well. That's what annoys me the most is that like, you can't even reach your own full potential. Like, let me, you know, just let me get the results. Like if I don't get the results, just fire me or just move on to the next person. Like, I don't care. Just just, like everything in this life, I I don't know whether it's because I'm too focused on business and results and, you know, profit, all this, that, and the other. But for me, I don't care how stuff gets done. As long as it gets done, like obviously, like if everything's eth- ethical and like you know the way it should be and stuff like that, I'm not trying I'm glad to go. you're throwing that in there. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say. I was just in my head imagining <laughs> me in a court case in five years' time, and they throw in this podcast clip. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, just this get guy it done. He'll do anything. Yeah, <laughs> he'll do anything, even murder. Yeah, <laughs> but um, no, but you know what I mean. Like, just to you know, not to be to just allow creative freedom is all I'm trying to say. Like, you know, mm. there's there's certain, a lot of the things that we've been talking about today for the red flags for clients, sort of I, identify a client as restricting. And I think, you know, if you are being restricted, it not only damages you like in the sense that like you're not having, you know, as much fun or you're not achieving like your full potential at work or this, that, and the other. But like, if you aren't actually you know, given that creative freedom in achieving your full potential, like this is your portfolio that you're building, this is your experience yeah. that you're building. The work that you do today is going to define how much you're paid tomorrow. Yeah, let's get that on an Instagram quote. But yeah, like um, yeah, so uh, like if they're holding you back, if they're you know not allowing you to do all this, that, and the other, and you're you're stuck in this freelance role just because they're paying you money that pays the bills think yep. of it as a career like there's not really as a freelancer there's not a clear company ladder like when you go when you're when no. you're employed you can go in and you can see from the guy that you know rolls the trolleys around and delivers the coffee to the CEO yep. of the company there's literally a clear ladder and it's probably on the company website or wherever that you go promote to this to this to this and the money's this at this wage and this at this wage yep. and this at this wage when you're a freelancer you have to plan that yourself you're not really going to progress like that through like yep. your you like one client you're not going to progress inside a company client because that's just not how it works you're employed to do one specific role in one specific role only so you Uh, need to be maximizing everything that you're doing with the time that you have and if you're not allowed you know to reach i hate talking like this but if you're not allowed to like reach your full potential inside that role you're probably damaging how much you're going to get paid you know tomorrow or next year or three years from now because it's a snowball effect not only will you like you know build stuff on the portfolio but you're developing your skill set and moving forward and you know you're able to offer different services better services more specialized services at um, at a higher rate so yeah I mean that is one thing that you know really really get something i did go on a on a a bit of a rant there
1: well it's funny because the more you're talking the more red flags are starting to pop up in my head as (laughs) as you were going on i was starting to think of more and i know we wanted to keep this podcast a little bit tighter than the last couple that we've done but the, the more you were speaking there the more that popped up and one thing that more probably winds me up than is a red flag some people don't mind doing this i've had experience of this i didn't enjoy it in fact i thought it was pointless um going for an interview as a freelancer. Now, if it's a big contract, if it's a big contract, I would understand the want and desire for a client to interview a cast of freelancers and see which one they feel fits the project the best. For the smaller or medium-sized projects, having an interview, for me, quite frankly, is a waste of time. As a freelancer, if you've got a portfolio, if you've got uh, examples of your work that you can send them, And say here's a project I did for a similar client here is my website here's where you can look and find all of my things here's my LinkedIn page here's my CV send them all the tools they need here's my YouTube channel whatever it is you've got send them all the tools that they need to make an informed decision they don't need to interview you I find that very strange personally it's something I've experienced I've been interviewed for a job before um, on a freelance basis within the last probably two years and At the time i thought okay it's it's a relatively big client um they want someone on a freelance basis i will engage in these interviews and it was all going so well but i i must have had three or four maybe even yeah probably four zoom interviews or zoom calls with different people in varying roles within the company well it happened to me and it got to a point where i was thinking well where does this end you know are they just trying to get approval from me i mean you don't The, the need... thing
0: that I hate about that, especially in my field, is it's not even an interview. It's kind of like free consultation. Like...
1: what I mean, what are they looking to achieve from interviewing me? If they want to know what sort of presenter I am and what my style is and my delivery and who I've worked with, go and look on my website because that's a perfect way of getting to know what I'm like. And Watch one of these podcasts. You don't need to sit down with me on a Zoom session. I'm, I'm happy to do that with any client. But when it gets to two, three, four different people you're speaking to about one project that might not actually come to you, it starts to be like a bit of a waste of time. So for me, that's that's a red flag. And um, just while it's in my head, I'll I'll bring up another one. We're talking here primarily about red flags before you take a client on. They can also emerge midway through a process, as you say, with the micromanaging or this one, um, issues with invoicing, issues with payment, not being paid on time excuses things like that if you get paid late
0: once you're always especially if it's the first one you are always going to be paid late always never change never
1: i mean this is one of the biggest issues freelancers face and have ever faced and will continue to face until the extinction of the planet is that (laughs) the the chances are that there is some point during your life as a career freelancer that you won't be paid on time and Unfortunately, that is. I don't want to say it's the nature of the beast because it shouldn't be, but you need to be prepared to deal with that, and that is no doubt a red flag, especially if you've put a lot of effort into a client, and you know they haven't raised um, your invoice to the relevant accounts department, whether it be um, an invoice, purchase order, uh, an agreement, a check, cash, wire transfer, whatever you've agreed in terms of payment. You know, crypto, blockchain, whatever the hell you've agreed. Um, you know, you need, you, you need to be um, aware of how that works. So as a freelancer, you should responsibly be keeping tabs of your finances. You should know which invoices are pending, which ones are yet to be sent. That is your responsibility, but it's also your responsibility to chase up a client if they haven't paid you on time. And if that is the case, like you say, particularly the very first time, um, that is a red flag. I think that's a red flag for a lot of freelancers. There yeah. are a lot of freelancers who will be put off working for a client again, even if they enjoyed working that client, because of how late or not at all that they've been paid. So I think that's a huge red flag. So so those two for me, that that strange interview thing that I talked about, which I, I don't really see the point of, maybe in some circumstances it's definitely beneficial, but for me, for the majority of smaller to medium-sized jobs, it's not relevant. And the second one, being paid late as a freelancer or not at all, massive red flag.
0: Yeah, the, the interviews one, like the only time I see, like I hire a lot of freelancers and the only time that i interview the freelancers is if they're going to be working as part of a team and like that being part of a team is like integral to their role because you need to know like you kind of in an interview you get a grasp for like who they are how they speak to people how they communicate and, and that's something you can't really you can't really understand about them just from you know reading a cv for example or looking at their website but that oh. that's the only time
1: yeah, and, I mean, but you don't need four interviews to do that. Oh, do you? no, 100%. I, I'm I not don't saying even, judge a book by its cover. Most jobs don't
0: even have four interviews. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying judge a book by its cover because I don't believe in that, and I think everyone um, should have you know, ample time to prove that they're the right person. Um, and, you know, we say don't judge a book by its cover, but also first impressions are really important. These are all things that you hear. Different people have different takes on the whole thing. But like I say, um, if I needed a web designer all i need to do is to go onto your website jacob or if i needed any of your services all i should be able to need to do is either email you and ask for a portfolio or visit your website or watch your youtube videos where you've got examples of your work shouldn't need to conduct a one-to-one do i like you test because i don't think that's i mean we talk about having a good relationship with clients and that one-to-one and that dialogue and clear communication I think that it's not a case of, oh, I don't want to pay him if I don't like the vibes he's giving off. It's a case of if you make good websites or you're good at your job, you're the right person for the job. In my opinion, I mean, this yeah. is just me speaking off the it, it top of my head. And there are the people that listen to this will disagree.
0: Though. Yeah, it's because of the nature of freelancing though. Like it's not it's not likely that the freelancer is gonna be there for the next ten years in the company. So like no. when you're employing somebody and because of the cost of like advertisement and you know, the cost of how much the cost of recruitment essentially is thousands, right? So you don't want to be hiring more people all the time. Like and if you've got like a long role. Then you interview people to really make sure that they are right for the company long term, yeah. that you're investing in the right person. But as freelance, they just come and go, you know, like, because as freelancers as well, you don't even have clients for that long of long of a time. Like you don't stick with a client for ten years, or you might have one or two exceptions, like clients that you know are great and stick around and stuff. But the the nature of the game, you know, like you're a freelancer because you want the freedom and the flexibility most of the time. So you're working on different projects, all this, that, and the other. So I don't know why I keep saying that so much today, but um, but yeah, you're you jumping around, so there it isn't it isn't really necessary there. And I wanted to just pick up on the on the other thing uh, that you were saying. Uh, just after the interview thing was about the late payment. And it's it's just a little tip that I have when you um, encounter late payment issues with bigger corporations. What I find with bigger corporations and bigger clients is that when they pay you late, it's not the guy or the person that you're in contact with that's paying you late. Because he, let's just say like for me working on marketing campaigns, I'm working with the creative director or the marketing director of a company for example I send my invoice um, to him he forwards it to accounts and now when I'm arguing with this guy like hey where's my invoice it's late and he's like well I've sent it over to accounts It's really you know I'm, I'm chasing them you know maybe he's lying maybe he's not but most of the time I find that he has actually because it's not the money's not coming out of his pocket so why does he care like he wants you to keep working he's sent it over to accounts so basically long story short is just ask them for the contact details of the accounts department so you can manually chase them yourself yeah. and that always speeds up the process for me because I think internally when they push for stuff it doesn't get pushed up but like as an external push to an internal request so my invoice has been put through from map by marketing in Nike for example and then it's the, the invoice is a day late and I email the accounts directly saying, hey, invoice 11675 yeah. is late. Where is it? it? It it just speeds stuff up so much faster in my experience. So I, yeah. yeah, You cut
1: out the middleman, don't you? You go straight to source, which is the accounts department or the purchase ledger, whoever it is for the company. So, yeah, I'm with you there for sure. Yeah, exactly.
0: And, um, but yeah, on that note, I'm going to actually end out the uh, podcast here because I know you're yep. dying in that chair <laughs> of well, a cold. We'll be,
1: we'll be, we'll be doing oh, – I actually don't have a cold. I'm all right. I just want to say I think, I think I've just got um, a bit of muscle fatigue from all the hiking that I've been doing because uh, obviously um, over the last few months – Everyone, well, I maybe enjoyed my Christmas a bit too Hiking much. Hiking from the couch to the fridge much. over yeah. Christmas. Yeah, too, too many beers, <laughs> too many mince pies. So maybe it was just kind of two days worth of solid trekking for several miles, which um, which is uh, en- enabled my body to feel in the way it does, <laughs> which is very <laughs> achy indeed. So um, so yeah, I'll probably end up getting a bit of an, uh, an early night in tonight. My team Portsmouth are playing tonight on TV, so I might sit back uh, in bed and watch that and probably. Um, allow them to send me to sleep there's no better sleeping (laughs) pill than watching my team at the moment inevitably get beaten by Charlton Athletic tonight as is the joys of supporting Portsmouth but um but yeah no I definitely feel that this has been a helpful conversation it's been quite a nice piece of therapy actually JB just to kind of get those red flags off your chest and hopefully there are a few people listening in or watching along that were nodding and going yeah no I agree I agree these are red flags I agree with but I also urge um you to maybe make a note of your red flags and have them near to where your workstation is maybe on a sheet of paper Um, especially if you're new to freelancing you don't have to listen to what we say in terms of our red flags they could be totally different for you but i think it's useful to have that either as a set of values in your head or maybe to hand on a piece of paper as a hard physical copy just so you can go right does this client meet the criteria are there any red flags no okay look forward to working with them again so i do think those are sorts of practices that you can put in place that can really help you kind of weed out those really good clients from the ones that, that maybe you don't want to do business with yeah
0: that's a good idea just sound like a sticky note on your workstation with the red yeah. flags because once it you're can't in do the any situation harm, yeah once you're but usually once you're in the situation you kind of you, know, you ignore it like ah oh, it's all right if they do it again oh it's all right if they do it again you know but having that um Having that reminder there that you set yourself would probably help you out a lot but yeah and talking about reminders i'm just gonna remind anybody listening now to head over to www.100kfreelanceclub.com sign up for a free account with us and you get to watch all of our master classes live on um, how to become a successful freelancer essentially and we do a ton of awesome collaborations with super successful freelancers from around the world um, so, yeah, head over to www100 kfriendsclubcom and sign up for your free account today. And uh, we will catch you in the next podcast. Adios.